Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blackadian universe. I want to talk about the white gaze. So the white gaze is uh, something I've always found very fascinating because um, as much as people don't want to admit it, it can have an impact on um, how we as black people and, you know, other non uh, white people um, act and behave in some way. So the white gaze is basically um, the assumption that, you know, that the person, you know, watching you or um, the perspective is coming from somebody that is white. So this can apply to many different situations and circumstances, but it can also um, influence, you know, certain ways of how we act and behave because of this white gaze. So um, I also have my own um, spin on it and, you know, how <laughs> when I talk about the white gaze, um, you know, I sort of use it in a different way. So yeah, let's talk about it. So I first heard about the white gaze uh, when I was in university. Um, and a lot of, uh, you know, um, people of a color and even white people in the class that I was in really didn't want to accept that this was a thing. So it comes with, you know, that privilege that you want to deny that you have privilege so that you can... I don't know what, just, you know, not change. <laughs> and then um, it was sort of upsetting to people to think that, um, you know, that they were sometimes modifying their behavior or, you know, acting in a certain way to take in, um, to sort of, you know, account for someone else's reaction to them. And um, as someone who's very self-aware, I was like, yeah, I 100% do that. It's not that I like it or I agree with it or I think it's okay, but I'm like, I'm not going to deny that I live in a racist society and sometimes I need to act a certain way to save my life. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I would never do that because on principle it's, you know, wrong. I'm like, yeah, no, no, I totally do that. Um, <laughs> I, you know, maybe sometimes it's conscious and sometimes it's, you know, unconscious because, you know, I talk a lot about how I, you know, um, grew up in a white, dominated neighborhood and just you know even like the university I went to um it was it was actually uh more diverse than you know people uh give it credit for and like honestly I'll be honest like the white people that, <laughs> that I talked to some of them coming from very very white neighborhoods were like oh my goodness it's so sorry I'm like 
doing my voice, but I was like, some people are like, yeah, oh my goodness, it's so crazy. Like, it's so diverse here. And I was like, mm, is this the most like non-white people you've seen? Like, calm down. I, I get it. Like, I was just like, it's not that, not that crazy. But um, for them, it was like a big culture shock. So I think that, you know, that the fact that I with ease was just willing to accept that concept um just made a lot of people very uncomfortable that they were <laughs> they're not even willing to to go down that road because it's it's a you know people want to be um individuals people want to be seen as individuals and as a black woman i um i do think a lot about the white gaze i think a lot about how people um are going to react to me and it's not ideal um but it is the reality of my life you know i'm not un in under any delusions of um the power that racism can wield and does wield on my life you know um and that's why I work so hard and I fight so hard and, you know, to um, eradicate it. So um, one of the, the, the consequences of having this gaze is that it can, um, you know, I, you, you feel the need to sort of um, anticipate people's reaction. And so, you know, this is something as social beings, as human beings, we all do. That's what we need to do to be in a society and interact in a society. And, but as a person of color, um, there's another layer for us, you know, black people and other, you know, people. Um, there's this under, there's this, this, this need. So I'll, I'll give you an example. When I'm going into spaces that are predominantly white, I know that I'm going to stand out. I'm going to stand out uh, like super. <laughs> I'm going to stand out. Uh, and, you know, in some instances, I'm, I can anticipate. I know what to expect. So if I'm in a professional environment, in a work environment, uh, I know that, you know, I, there's a level of um, restraint on people's behavior. There's going to be certain people in the room. They're not going to want to, you know, expose themselves to certain things. They're going to act in a way I like I'm not going to have to um, and I'm going to be acting in a way like it's professional work. You know, I'm going to be in an environment where I don't have to worry too much about this uh, white gaze. 
when I go into a social situation and, you know, there are people that, you know, again, where I, if I'm in a social situation and I might be the only other black person there, a handful of black people there, I'm anticipating, I don't want to say trouble, but <laughs> I'm anticipating trouble. These are the situations you get into where people start asking to touch your hair and other sorts of nonsense. So, you know, that's where I'm going to, you know, at work, no one's ever going to say that. But, you know, when people feel like there's this opportunity to um, act a fool, um, then, you know, I need to sort of prepare myself for that. You know, there's also the, this, um, if I'm in a situation where, you know, I might have to So <laughs> I guess this is the perfect assumption. So Amanda Sales, she's excellent. And so she has this, you know, she, a few years back, she had this hilarious, you know, stand up where she talks about how she's like, in certain situations, you have to say, how black am I going to be? And so that's basically the assessment that I need to make when I'm in a situation and taking into account that white gaze, how black am I going to have to be? So, you know, when someone is getting, you know, they're expecting, you know, they're probably going to be like, I just, um, a reaction from me. If they're sort of, you know, overstepping their bounds and, you know, I'm like, what am I going to have to do? Cause there's, um, not to say that there's like a limitation, obviously, if someone's acting a fool, like there's no under no circumstances, I don't care where I am, is someone to be going to be touching my hair, that's for damn sure. But you know, the, <laughs> so there's, you know, there's these situations where you're like, okay, how black am I gonna have to be like, these people are going to be like, I don't want people being frightened Is someone gonna like, you know, need a fainting couch or something if I, you know, um, <laughs> just act, tell them that they're acting inappropriate. Um, you know, they're going to be like, Oh my goodness, they're going to be clutching their pearls or something. I don't know. So I'm just saying that, you know, you have to, there's this, this range, there's a range. And so I, uh, you always have to sort of, you know, think about that when you're in these situations. So, um, also one of, <laughs> One of my favorite lines, I always say, and it's funny because um, uh, I there's uh, a show, and I'm sure everyone I, I don't know. It's a show uh, years ago from like it's called Community, and it was about like these students, and they went to like a community college, and they were just like you know an unlikely group of people come together. It's excellent, and uh, oh, um, uh, Nicole. Uh, Yvette uh, Brown, uh, her character in the in the show, you know, uh, they're trying to they're it's a commercial and they're trying to get her. Uh, sorry, no spoilers, but anyways, they're trying. She's 
a black woman and they're trying to get her to act in a stereotypically uh, black woman way. And, you know, the <laughs> just stopping. So the person like directing the, you know, Dean is just like trying to express this in a way without saying it explicitly and so he's just searching around for different you know adjectives he's trying to like be like oh i want you to be more you know i don't know like something and so you know she says you know the word he's looking for is sassy and then she sort of looks right in the camera and she's like he better not find it and i always (laughs) I always, 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 always use that line when, you know, someone has these expectations of me to behave in a certain way because, uh, you know, they think I'm like some sort of, you know, trained performer where they're like, oh, you know, they're like, I've never, you know, been this close to a black person before. Let's get ready for some sassiness. And I'm like, yeah it's a no for me. It's going to be a no. It'll be like, don't even, you better not find it. Uh, so I, that's often my thought whenever, you know, there's always that, that assumption of, um, the blackness. And so, um, I know my, one of my cousins had the same thing where his, you know, I, it's, it's really, upsetting because in high school he had like a core group of friends that expected him to be basically the black guy from like a sitcom and it was awful because that's just not at all who my cousin was and he just wasn't allowed the freedom to have like to be who he was you know frankly he was um, he's kind of, you know, reserved and quiet and frankly kind of nerdy like myself. There's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, he was just like everyone turned to him as literally, literally the only black man in his grade to be this like I don't know, lightning rod for like black culture and um, trends and just like, it was just, it was insane. And I just felt a little sad for him that he was like put in that spot and sort of was sad where, you know, I was like, you just have to be like, I'm just, yeah, I'm black, but I'm also just a, a guy. That that doesn't want to like, you know, meet this demand for, you know, your thirst for black culture. So anyway, I think that's, that's, uh, that's also one of the, the pressures of the white gaze as well. So as promised, uh, when I, before I, um, I guess heard the definition of the white gaze, um, when I was in university, I always knew that it was present. You know, I, 
uh, talk a lot about how, you know, the subject of racism and um, self-love and appreciation and love of black culture was a huge part of my upbringing. And, you know, that white people weren't going to share that opinion and uh, basically too bad uh, for them because um, that was a them problem, not a me problem. And so uh, before I could give it, you know, a definition and term, I sort of was aware of the white gaze and, you know, that impact on, on my behavior. And which is why I could so, you know, readily and easily accept it when I did, you know, have someone, you know, instruct us and define it for us um, in university. And what uh, I found, because, you know, I'm such a, I'm such a stubborn kid. <laughs> what I found was that, you know, and, and as all kids do, just testing those limitations and boundaries in your world and I'm a big believer that you have to you know be aware of things um, before you can challenge them and change them within you know yourself and I didn't like that I couldn't be my true authentic self because of someone else's expectations. And I remember, and I, I was thinking of my cousin just because he didn't have that, you know, when you're growing up and you have your friends and just, you know, that defining, they shape you and you know they become such an important part of your life and how they see you and you know there were people that i pushed um because i challenged the way they saw me and you know when you find your people they see you as you truly are. And I, <laughs> I talked, you know, a lot about, you know, uh, did I, I can't I think I've said this. I'm a big fan of, you know, Bon Jovi and, you know, Led Zeppelin and people would be, you know, not wanting me to like this music. Like, and I was like, what do you mean? Um, I can like whatever I like. <laughs> and, you know, I could see the, the, the shattering of like the stereotypes, but, you know, the people that, you know, really reflected and took the time and was like, uh, you're right. You know, of course you would like it. There's some good songs. Those are some great artists. Why wouldn't you like them, Denise? Like there's like some sort of, um, there's nothing to stop you from liking it. It's like, you know, the people that would say that, holy crap, that's racist of me to th assume that you wouldn't, you know, like the, this music. And, um, you know, that was, you know, those are the people that, you know, 
I could hang around with and be my authentic self with. And so, um, you know, in those situations, I wouldn't, I wouldn't succumb to that pressure to fit into this mold. And I think that's, that's really important. And so, um, I'd always talk about mm, the white gaze was just for me, um, before I sort of, you know, relegated it to, uh, this, that sort of pressure or expectations to behave in that certain way, or, you know, how you're perceived in perception, uh, and even just what people assume about you, basically. Um, I always thought of it as just judgment, <laughs> frankly, that judgment. And so I always thought of, you know, as a black kid, as a black girl, as a black woman, there are a set of assumptions that, you know, people use when looking at me that I have to then course correct and change um, immediately. So it's going to be that thing where, you know, someone's going to assume that, you know, I'm uneducated or that I, um, only like, uh, you know, certain music or, you know, I'm, you know, going to be familiar with certain terms or I don't know what the case may be, but the point is that, you know, I have to make sure that they see me as an individual and that they actually don't know anything about me simply because I'm black, of course, I'm going to have things um, about myself that, you know, they can, that'll be correct based on, you know, some stereotypes, and then there's going to be things that are negative, or, you know, not true. And so they're going to have to figure those out. You can't just sort of put that label on me. And so I think that's something I always try to establish and I think that's something very important for people to do um, because it's it's an important uh, it's an important process and it, it, it really helps eliminate those stereotypes. It is my hope that we can be more self-aware and, you know, remove this assumption of a white dominant culture and, you know, stop putting that filter, that lens on all people and just sort of seeing them as they are, you know, I'm an optimist, I think, you know, 
we can get there as a society. That is my hope. That is, uh, that is the dream. And I think we, you know, I, um, it's unfair to, you know, measure a person or compare a person to a, a standard as ideal, um, which is like as whiteness, because that is not, I repeat, that is not what, um, I, what I'm striving for, what people are striving for, you know, people are happy to be themselves. And I think that, you know, we need to encourage that we need to understand that and support that truth. And, you know, we'll all be the better for it. As always, Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.